Just like that, the final hour is here. Friday edition. We've made it. Headed into the weekend. Great college football slate. NFL, no. Nope. This week 10 is not great in terms of matchups. Maybe we get some great games. Take the under. Join us on the uh, Outkick number. It includes uh, YouTube. Search out Outkick. Subscribe to the channel. You can catch out all the great shows. Uh, join us live in the chat. Normally, chat is there chatting with you. Uh, he has the day off. He's back with us on Monday. Kelly in Vegas sticks around with us. Kelly Stewart, co-host of The Fade with Clay Travis, available at Outkick.com and the Outkick Network. Uh, Kelly, your first unchaperoned concert. Mine was, there's a band here. Mine was um, Matchbox 20, Lifehouse, and Everclear. I honestly don't know. No parents. No parents. Well, we had, so you have to remember, I grew up in Manhattan, Kansas, and we had a big country concert every single summer called Country Stampede. Who came through there? Oh, everybody. I mean, I remember Tim McGraw. Martina. uh, Martina. Oh, of course, Martina. She's a Kansas girl. Uh, But there was always lots of great big headlines. I mean, we had Alabama one year. There was some really great up-and-coming concerts like in the mid-90s. And I'm trying to think of, if I actually got to go alone or if, like, I still rode with my mom. At some but point I, you did, though, right? Yeah, in college, and I definitely got in trouble, but that's a whole <laughs> other story for another day. Uh, I'm really okay. trying to think of the first concert I went to on Chaperones, uh, and I, it, had to have been, it had to have been a country stampede, probably like 16 or 17. Oh, it was a big deal for me. I, I, we, I left the farm. We're about an hour and 45 minutes from downtown Nashville, which is where the farm is. And, uh, yeah, it was a big deal driving to Nashville unchaperoned for the concert oh i'm sure that'd have been like me driving to kansas city unchaperoned and uh <laughs> i can't tell you the first time that happened either because i probably didn't ask and i just went and hoped i didn't get caught maybe uh jim harbaugh has a chaperone uh, whenever he's suspended tomorrow i don't know uh the the policy that's in place here how whenever he was suspended the first three games of the regular season this year suspended by michigan self-imposed for the recruiting violations uh he said prior to week one he was probably not even going to watch the game. He's going to go, you know, do something else. Maybe uh, with one of his sons or something. I don't, what does he do in Happy Valley? He can't get into the stadium, which is the rule. I mean, that's, that's the penalty. He's not allowed on the premise of a, a venue on game day. Um, I read, by the way, I read the initial report from Pete Thamel where it said Jim Harbaugh can't be on the sideline on game day. And okay. I thought, I thought, can he be in the booth? Can he be upstairs? Oh, but no, he can't. They, the Big Ten clarified that in their statement, thankfully. The, the one time that they've actually been proactive in telling us something. There you go. You got to appreciate that. Every once in a while, they do their due diligence. Chad and I always give Kelly our top pick, our top bet of the week. And I'll, I'll give you mine first and then uh, tell you what Chad sent me earlier today. Um, I love this bet, which means you're going to hate it. James Madison is 9-0. They're 21st in the, the AP poll currently, and they are 6-1 and against the spread over their last seven games. They're hosting UConn, who just got boat raced by Tennessee. 56-point loss. And James Madison is a 24.5-point favorite against UConn, and they're not eligible for postseason play for the second consecutive year, and they should be, by the way, uh, because they're, they would miss out on potentially a... New Year's Six bowl game if they can get ahead of Tulane. I'm taking James Madison, minus 24 and a half. Chad 
is playing his cards here on Arkansas. Arkansas minus two at home against Auburn. And he uh, sends this. He says, Arkansas played a little offense in the swamp after firing their OC. And he's going to ride that momentum further by saying that they're, they're going to cover minus two against Auburn. This one's tough. I'm going to be honest with you, Hutton. I don't know if I could go against either one of you. I was on Arkansas last week. Yes. I said they would get their first win ever in you the did. swamp. They did. Can't believe we actually even had to sweat that one in overtime. How ridiculous. Uh, but look, this is a really solid Arkansas team. I actually said on the fade that they were the best two-win team in college football. Now best three-win team in college football. And that's because Sam Pittman is great against the spread. Well, at least in the SEC. Now, okay. here's something to look at when you look at Auburn. If you remember, I think it was Chad was on AM and I said, Oh, I like Auburn here on the road. They're gonna, this defense is gonna come to play. Well, the defense came to play, and the offense has showed up in one game this year, and that was against the Georgia Bulldogs. And I don't even know if I'm gonna give them that much credit is to say they showed up. They just showed up more than any other game. Uh, I have to side with Chad here and take Arkansas. Wow. I mean, I, I do. He's going to be, last, he's going to be so upset that you side with him while he's not here. Well, I sided with him last week with Vanderbilt and he said that anytime I'm against him, uh, it, it is basically guaranteed he's going to win. And of course Vanderbilt didn't cover. So I'm going to say that again this week. It's uh, it's good luck for you. Yeah. James Madison should absolutely handle, uh, Connecticut. This is a problem, right? You Why had, is this 24 and a half? Well, listen, here's the thing. Jim Mora, year one, he got everybody super excited about this UConn Huskies team. And then it's just been really disappointing this year. The problem is the bookmakers know they're going to get only one-way action. James Madison, number one run uh, defense against the run. How's Connecticut going to score? I mean, this could be like 42-10 final, and neither one of us would be surprised. Statement wins down the stretch for James Madison to just further hammer home the fact that they should be postseason eligible. And uh, they absolutely should be. Uh, yeah, they can't even win their own conference this year, which is just like last year, just stupid, uh, given the fact that they're playing uh, all but one game against FBS, which, uh, again, soapbox. Um, all right, so Penn State, Michigan, you've alluded to this earlier, but for those just joining us, Kelly, let them know how you're playing this game, given the news and really the fact that the suspension, at least for now, hasn't changed the spread. No, and it's not going to, I don't think. I mean, listen, Michigan, looking at some of the splits from the sports book guys that I like to follow on Twitter, it, all the money's coming out of Michigan, and rightfully so. Michigan has just boat raced every team that they've played, right? They have. I, again, though, who have they played? Rutgers. Well, I, I've seen Ohio State, Minnesota. Ohio State kind of sleepwalk, and I don't see Michigan sleepwalk. That's fair. You know, some teams are better coached than others. But I think this is going to be a real test for Michigan. I may eat my words. Michigan wins this game by 10. And guess what? Hey, I will say that Michigan deserves to be in the college football playoff. Uh, but don't forget, they still have to beat the uh, number one team that I can't figure out how they're number one on my birthday. That's a whole nother argument to be had. But look, I always argue, take the better defense plus the points here. And if you look at certain metrics, you could argue that Penn State's the better defense here. I just hope offensively, they can get enough done uh, to win this football game outright, but I did take the four and a half. I haven't seen a lot from TCU. We've seen 
early in the season, great things from Texas. But now Malik Murphy's the quarterback, and he didn't play well last week. They leave with a win, though. Sorry to bring that up again, but the comeback was amazing. Um, how do you play this, Texas taking on TCU, and what is a, a big game, big matchup for Texas, because right now they're on the path to the Big 12 championship game? They sure are. And uh, now Quinn Ewers is back. And Steve Sarkeesian is saying he's going to start tomorrow. So that kind of threw me for a loop. I have 10 and a half in pocket. The line's now 12 and a half. You never like to see that. But I would say Malik Murphy is an okay quarterback, right? He was throwing around 50%. He did throw two interceptions last week. And I wanted to play against his first road start. That's why I liked TCU here. But I'm not going to discredit the fact that Quinn Ewers is not fully healthy and he's not that much more of an upgrade from Malik Murphy as it stands on Friday afternoon. Now, I know the Horn Frogs, they lost to Colorado and it was all of a sudden Sonny Dykes and, and, the, and the wheels fell off with this team that was in the college football playoff last year. But we expected some regression from them, right? They had eight guys go to the NFL. That's fair. yeah. And, and maybe they didn't expect it, but I sure as heck did. I took their underseason wins. But I think they have a real shot here to keep it close versus Texas. If Texas stumbles, steps on their own toes, like we've seen them do historically, I think they can lose this game. And I know a lot of Longhorn fans don't want to hear it, but Steve does not blow out teams. And there's a reason why TCU has won three of its last four, and they were underdogs in all four. So I like them here as an underdog once again. Florida State takes on Miami. Is Tyler Van Dyke playing in this game at quarterback for Miami? Unfortunately. Okay, so that affects how you play this. No, it does. And I, I shouldn't I shouldn't make fun of Tyler. Uh, I think he is an okay quarterback. Uh, I'm more concerned about Mario Cristobal. Absolutely just fumbling the win here. This is an FSU team that I didn't understand the preseason love. I really didn't. And I had buddies texting me that they have the best defensive line in college football. And I started looking a little bit more and I'm going, Hey, you guys, I don't know how much I trust Mike Norvell on this team. Well, guess what? Now they're sitting in the top four and I may have to eat my words, but I have not been impressed with this team outside of that LSU game. Have they shown some great performances? Sure. Maybe the Clemson one, you could argue, but even Clemson's taken a real step back this year, as we know. Uh, and then last week versus Pittsburgh, maybe they were looking ahead to this game, right? If you remember 45 to three uh, there at Hard Rock Stadium, FSU just throttled this team. And something that I always tell people, you cannot quantify, that is revenge. But I can promise you, these kids have not forgotten. And when you are in the top four and everybody's talking college football playoff, what did we say about the contest I'm in? Now, all of a sudden, you have the target on your back. 18 and seven against the spread. The dog is in the last 25 of the series with 12 outright winners. I think two touchdowns is too many in Tallahassee. So target in the NFL, who has the target on their back this week in this lineup oh, for week 10? Because uh, this, Kansas City's on the bye, Miami's on the bye, and Philadelphia also on the bye. This week is gross. You mentioned it. There's not anything exciting. What's the most exciting game on the slate? It's probably San Francisco yeah, and Jacksonville. That's it. It should have been flexed. Yeah, that's it. Well, we can't get into the flexing thing because it absolutely should have been. Instead, we get uh, Jets at Raiders. Can't wait to take a nap for that one because that is exactly what that looks like. Is an absolute utter snooze fest, like 9-6 final. Uh, I've got <laughs> one game that I got to the window on and one game that I'm ultimately going to get to the window on. 
Uh, and nobody wants to hear this because it's Monday night football and it's the Denver Broncos. Okay. No, I, so, their defense has played well recently. Well, better than they did to start the season. We'll say that much, right? Like before the bye, 19, 17, and nine points. So yes, I would like to give them a little bit of credit here. Uh, we'll see if Buffalo's offense can get something going because they just haven't. This last five games, they've really struggled. Just two and three. And oh, by the way, those two wins. Uh, to the Giants, which they should have probably lost, and then the Buccaneers. It has just not been good in Buffalo, and I'm playing against that once again. Look, this defense is banged up. I don't trust them, and shockingly, I mean, if you look behind me, there's a Broncos helmet, so I am the biggest criticizer of the Denver Broncos and have just been very mean to Russell Wilson, but this year, Right now, as, as it stands today, 66% of his passes are completions, 16 touchdowns, four interceptions. I think this team is going to dink and dunk their way down the field and keep this one within a touchdown. It could be 24-21 final, and I'll go to bed happy on Monday night. Broncos country, let's ride uh, with the less than 200 yards passing from, from Russell Wilson in, in every game offensively. Uh, we hit dumpster fire. Now uh, Davey jumps back in as we go rapid fire. Pick your poison. These are awful scenarios for us. That is correct, Hutton. And as usual, if you want to play it long at home, you are more than welcome. I'm going to give out a couple of bad options, and you have to pick the one that you would live with. Awful like again, options. It's, it's pick your poison. We're actually uh, going to switch things up a little bit. We're going to start with our SEC underdog. That's what okay. I'm titling this one. But what is happening is one of these teams has to get you a win this weekend. And your options are Ole Miss upsetting Georgia, Kentucky upsetting Alabama, or Florida upsetting LSU? Kelly, am I stupid to think it's Florida here? Because Ole Miss, uh, Jackson Dart does not play well on the road. Kentucky's not going to beat Alabama uh, based on the way the Crimson Tide have been playing. And, I mean, LSU's defense, bad. And Florida, at least from the quarterback position, has been consistent. I don't hate that. Uh, I'm trying to somehow make a case for Kentucky in my head, but you're right. I don't see them winning that game. As far as LSU's defense, though, in, in regards to Florida, sure. Absolutely. I mean, Graham Mertz is okay. I bet against yeah. this team last week. Uh, but he's not as he's not solely to blame. And I will say, Florida needs another win to become bowl eligible. And I don't think they're going to get it. If Well, they could get it over Missouri. I should take that back. I don't know if they can get it over LSU. But if I had to pick, I guess I got to agree with you, Hutton, because I can't stomach Kentucky. And I know that Ole Miss is a very popular underdog. People seem to think that they can go in. But I'm going to tell you this right now. The number 10 team catching double digits, uh, that kind of tells you all you need to know about yep. that game. Yeah. Davey, time for one more. Yes. So uh, in this next one, pretend you're a Michigan fan. We're going to call this the Michigan Dilemma. Okay. Michigan would you, man. Would you rather have a postseason ban for this season but no long-term punishment for Jim Harbaugh? I know they're saying three right now. There could be more. Or would you rather make the postseason – and have a chance to win a natty this year, but no Harbaugh is out at the end of the season. Well, I'll go quick here. Uh, Harbaugh has been trying to get out the last two seasons, so I'll take the championship. I can guarantee you he's back for at least three more seasons. I'll take, uh, I'll take the championship. Take yeah, take the, the championship and run. That's yeah. an easy no-brainer. You take the championship and run. It's a chance. He's going to be you're our not, Las Vegas winning. Raider. You're not necessarily guaranteed to win. You just have a chance. Oh, you just get to be in. You're not banned from the postseason. Yeah, they, you would play the season out like uh, we're planning on doing for the next several weeks now in this scenario. Michigan fans are begging for that to happen right now, so I'll, still, I'll still take that. They've been making the argument against the suspension 
if you're doing that, it's because you want the you know you're in. You know you're they're gonna play exactly how they have. Hey, Kelly, thank you for joining today. Really appreciate hey, it. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Loving it's the been fade. a great time. Loving the fade. And uh again, I'm following all the picks today that you gave us because you've been crushing them. Kelly Stewart, the fade with Kelly and Clay. Check it out weekly on Outkick. Merrill Hodge jumps in the mix next. Hotline with Hunter Withrow rolls on across the Outkick network. Two things I think of whenever I know that our next guest is joining us or I just hear the name. Merrill Hodge joins us on Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow across the Outkick Network. Number one, factor back. Number two, that is a hell of a knot you can tie uh, with, the, with the suits. How are you, Merrill? Good to have you back on, man. Uh, it's good to be back, Jonathan. Sorry. Sorry I'm missing the tie. Hey, that, uh, hey. I, I got the memo, so it'll be there next time. No, no, no. The, the relax, the, I, I just want the, I want the tutorial on how you did that. But that's, you know, we can do that uh, for like a, that's for your TikTok next time, Merrill. I got you. Okay. Uh, hey, hey what, what was your reaction when you heard that uh, Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh, is sitting out at the, for the time being? We'll see what happens with the, with the court system playing out. But the Jim Harbaugh right now currently suspended for three games to end the regular season, and he won't be able to coach on game day starting, as of right now, tomorrow in Happy Valley against Penn State. Well, you know, I, I actually don't know about all the information and all the things that have been going on there other than <clears throat> what I have heard is it's not good. Yeah. Um, it's disturbing from a bunch of different angles, a bunch of different levels. Um, and it's probably not going to end up well. Um, I, I don't I don't see, you know, it's listen, the head guy is always responsible um, for everything under him. You know, rather you know it or you don't know it, you got to know it. And um, you got to stay on top of it. And um um, it's probably not going to end up well. And hard to believe that he didn't know what was going on there, given uh, the circumstances. Exactly. Yeah. Merrill Hodge True with story. us. Hey, uh, uh, his brother, John, uh, another great job with the Ravens. AFC North dominating. Yeah. What do you, we've never seen a division get all four teams in the postseason. What, what percentage chance would you give it right now? Right now they're all in halfway through the season. Well, it makes it hardest because you got to play each other. You know that. You know um, that's the, that's some of the biggest problem with getting all four in um, when you're when you're playing that good and, and you are that good. Let's let's just put it. Let's let's make it easy to kind of identify. You know who's going to get there. Um, I always go by this. I've always gone gone by this um, because it's how you win championships. Teams win championships. Okay. Um, so if you look at teams, then you got to look at all the different phases and strengths of that team, offensively, defensively, and special teams. And that's where you start to find, you know, what kind of team you have and do they have sustainability. Um, one of the most important things in our league, even though people say it is, you don't, they don't use it very much anymore. It's, you know, not a big part of the offenses. People that say that don't know the NFL then and haven't studied the NFL and they don't know how to win championships. You still have to run the football in this league. It's one of the most critical ways to control the tempo. And that is one of the most critical components if you're going to win consistently. I'll just throw the Ravens in there. Okay, what is the one thing, as even though Lamar has struggled in the passing game, 
at certain degrees over his development, which he's playing much better now. But I'll get that in a second. Why have they always been in games? Why are they always in games? Two reasons. They do a great job of stopping the run, and they do a great job of running it. They will always be in a game. They will always be in a game, period. Um, What has Cincinnati – you know, Joe Burrow is back to – he's the best pure pocket passer in football, period. When it just comes to pocket – feel, awareness, instincts, anticipation, accuracy, processing, he's the best. But they're running the football, too. And they have a lot of phases um, to their offense. So then th- th- that's where you got to go to the next step, is how many phases to that offense have to be defended, and how good are they, and which ones can beat you. So if you have three levels of phases in a passing game, you know, vertical, intermediate, and short, and you can do all three, that's trouble. If you can run the football strong side, weak side, inside, outside, zone, man stuff, that's tough. You know, and the Ravens have a lot of that that I just described. Cincinnati has a lot of that. They're a little more dynamic in the passing game. Then you flip their defenses around, you know, um, how they play the run, how they play the pass, you know, what kind of pressure defenses do they have? What is their special teams component? Um, You know, Cincinnati, I mean, Cleveland, or Cleveland and, and actually Pittsburgh, don't match up to those two are their offenses. You know, their phases, they, they really struggle. They're inconsistent. Cleveland's defense is, is terrific. Um, the Steelers' defense is terrific, although they've taken some wounds, you know, at the inside linebacker position. They're starting linebacker gone. Holcomb last week, and, and that's that's a big blow. You may not see – you didn't see – you really didn't get to see the thir- it in the Thursday night game, but you might see it going forward, you know, and until – Mika Fitzpatrick comes back. They're really vulnerable back there. So they got some critical starters that are hurt. So we'll have to see how that, that works out. But, you know, you look at those teams and the Ravens and Cincinnati are, I think, stand out just from all those different phases on all sides of the ball. Um, and they keep getting better. And that's what you got to do at this point. Merrill Hodge with us on Hot Mike with Hunt and Withrow across the Outkick Network. What's really going on between Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick? <laughs> <laughs> well, I really don't know, to be honest with you. It feels like Brady you know, and Belichick in a way. Yeah. You know, I listen, sometimes um well when you listen, when you don't win, uh things just everybody falls under pressure, everybody's under scrutiny. Um, you know, and everybody wants to cast fingers, point blame, make excuses. And you know, good good ownership. You know, listen, I would I consider Mr. Kraft a, a very good owner. Um, you know, you try to keep that in-house no matter who it is you know i've all i i got in this league and the majority of my career was spent with the pittsburgh steelers so i am i'm familiar with great ownership you know i I, I was drafted when the chief was still alive i played for mr rooney um i've known art who's the really the president now and he's you know they're they're foundationally the same and they keep things in-house they don't let things get awry um you know, and it's about ownership. And so you kind of see these kind of things going on. It's, um, it's actually, I'm, I'm a little taken back by it a little bit, you know, because, um, that's something I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think would come about in, in this era, especially with Belichick, you know, the, what the respect I think he deserves and he's earned. Yeah. I, mean, I, I was stunned in the preseason. We had some guests on from Foxborough and, you know, Boston globe and uh, asking them, Hey, uh, is there, is there anything to the hot seat? And they're like, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's like the worst kept secret there. Even though we're not, we haven't heard from Robert Kraft, which I think adds to it a bit in a weird way. Yeah. And, you know, it's just you're right. It's bizarre giving 
what what that organization represented with you mentioned consistency with the Steelers, all the titles that the Patriots are winning now. Uh, you know, everyone's saying about, oh, you better go win in Germany against the Colts. Whatever. You know, if you're if you're going to fire him, you trade him, don't you? Yeah, listen, I, I, I just don't. Well, listen, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm done saying, well, that could never happen. Listen, I don't yeah. think you ever file Bill Belichick, especially during the season. I, I just, I couldn't even imagine that happening. Just, just because of not just what he's done for the Patriots, really what he's done for football. You know, if you think about Bill Belichick, um, I was talking to somebody about this the other day. Um, when Chuck Knoll retired, okay, the, the last game in Three Rivers was against the Washington Redskins. Okay, that's who they were at the time. Yeah. It wasn't the commander, they were the Washington Redskins. They played in the Washington Redskins. Chuck had been retired, I want to say like five, six years. And I was standing next to him, and um, everybody wondered why he'd walked away when he did, too, by the way. So I just asked him, I go, Do you miss it? And he turned to me and he said, I'm not a recruiter. And man, see, he was just a man of few words. He would say things that just was like, man, that's everything. Well, that's when free agency was hitting. He believed in building teams with the draft. He didn't want to go get free agents. That was He was not going to play in that arena. He did not want to coach in that arena. And now Belichick has played in that arena and the other arena and been successful in championships in both. And I, I, just, I just think that is, is, is incredible quite honestly, and it'll clearly never be done again because, you know, nobody will probably be around that. I don't know that we'll see so many – I don't see we'll see a, a transition like that in our league where, you know, players become so accessible and you can go get them from other teams. You know, that was a big change what happened in the NFL. We went on strike in 87 for those type of things. So um, he's just done things where you, you didn't think – he's played in both arenas and won championships in both, and I just think that's that speaks volumes. Merrill Hodge, our guest on OutKick. Uh, how worried should Bills fans be about their team right now with the struggles and the turnovers uh, and expectations? Uh, we weren't really talking about the Bills going into the season. I thought we should, but we have not uh, seen them reach that level since that overtime game in Kansas City where they didn't get the football. Yeah, you're exactly right. They, they've never really... They've never really evolved and gotten better, which is, you know, Jonathan, truth. Now, why haven't they gotten better? You know, I, you know, we go back to that, what I was talking about, um, teams win championships. Yep. And then you got to look at your team and all these phases. Well, let's look at their offensive phase, okay? They make it easy. Now, I'm not saying that their passing game and Josh Allen are easy to defend. I'm not saying that. But they make it easy because their running game is really not a threat. It is, it's it's not a threat. You know, even uh, they stopped running, um, they stopped running their quarterback. You know, they'll do it a couple times here and there, but they don't compliment it. You know, there's not you, – yeah. you don't look at the Bills and go, wow, we got to worry about that running game. They don't really and try it just to makes improve it, it either, right? I mean, it's not a focus for them. No, you just It's not a priority. And and I just go back to – you know, I use teams like the Ravens because they do have they, – they, they establish that right – they're going to they're gonna be in it. They're going to be in it just because they do that. I'm going to tell you this. If you had said I'm a team that – well, I'll tell you, a team that has evolved and grown, and they foundationally started there, the Detroit Lions. Three years ago, they were run the ball as good as anybody. Just nobody was talking about them. They couldn't complement it with the passing game. But they were in every game. They And, and they were hanging in there. You know, the defense would make a mistake. They'd be something bad in the passing game. Well, once those things got cleaned up, oh, and now they're a legit team. They're a legit playoff team and a, and a potential Super Bowl team. So when you look at the Bills, they just lack that phase. 
And so it makes it easier to defend the pass. When that is the only phases we have to worry about, it's just easier for defenses to handle. you. they got some problems on the defensive side too, you know, that they haven't, there's been some injuries there. They haven't, they're not quite the defense they have been in past years. You mentioned the turnovers. They've had some turnovers in awful times, you know, in bad, Crucial turnovers moments. are bad anywhere. But, you know, when you're down scoring territory, that's when they really sting. And, and, and that's, that's been a, uh, you know, how do you end those things? You know, you emphasize protecting the ball, you know, you, there are some things you can clean up, but I, having played it, having carried the ball a lot in my life, man, you can have two hands on the ball. You can do everything. <laughs> and sometimes it comes out no matter what you do, you know? So, but to emphasize that can help clean it up. But those other phases, are they going to be added? I, I just, I mean, it could be, but it's hard to prioritize them and make them better and evolve when you're not prioritizing them already. And, and it's not a priority. So, you know, and, are you going to get the playoffs and say Josh Allen's going to be our runner again? I just it's a it's a lot to ask. I think it's a big ask of your quarterback of your team, and I and, agree. You, and you really you really do um, limit the the phases that you could possibly have to make you a potential championship. Who is your MVP right now at the halfway mark of the season, and who who would you pick to finish the season as MVP? Gosh, damn, that's a good one. Um, since I don't get so caught up in, in you know, because I look at how players play in so many different ways. It's an you know, odd like, year for offense, you know, like it's just. Yeah, it's, there's there's not a, a guy that, uh, wide open. you know, everybody's had, yeah, their hiccups, um, you know, you know, because obviously Tua was there for a while, you know. Yeah. Um, and Lamar it's never, there wide receivers never, never want it, right? Like you, no one t- thinks about pass rusher. Right with Miles Garrett because it's a quarterback award. Yeah, I, I, and I'm right, not saying I'm right. for that. I'm just, I think it's wide open for the first time in a long time. Uh, you know, which is a good point. And I've always thought that there's, um, shoot, listen, if you thought about an impact guy made a difference almost in every single game he's done something, would be TJ Watt. You yeah, know, yeah. Um, has let's say won games, you know, from a defensive perspective um, for them. I can think of two right off the bat, you know, and, you know, to, to your point, you know, it gets, you know, the quarterback is all, you know, like, okay, Joe Burrow is starting to play extremely well. Okay. If he keeps riding, riding this wave and plays like Joe Burrow can play and, and he's consistent like that, he could run away with it, you know, at this point. Um, and if TJ Watt keeps doing the things he's doing, he gets over, he gets, he gets overridden by the quarterback, which is, is actually, uh, it's not a fair process, you know, but uh, but instead it's going to be fair, you know. So, but if you said it right now, I'd, I'd lean more towards guys like that that have made significant differences, won games, and they don't have the opportunities to win games. Quite honestly, okay, the quarterback has the ball in his hands, we'll say fifty to sixty percent of the time. He's got a he's got a legitimate shot. These defenders have made game changing plays and plays that win games. Man, they are minute. You know, there, there may be a handful you know say maybe 10 moments where you can do that and uh he's done a couple times already and if he keeps doing that he finds those 10 he finds those 10 he does maximizes them thank you for the time man great visit as always and uh, always we we much uh, much appreciate the uh the time and the visit the insight today anytime and next time we'll have the tie on all right yeah i got the i'll try to tie it along with you yeah (laughs) let's do it i like that okay yeah i appreciate it man have a good weekend Okay, buddy. You're good, brother. Yep, same thing. There's Merrill Hodge. Uh, Love his insight uh, and his analysis. Coming up.
we'll give some. In regards to our picks for the weekend, wrong team favored. I think mine will surprise Davey Hudson. Also, uh, J.J. McCarthy has made a statement. Michigan's responded, and so is J.J. McCarthy, the quarterback. That's next on Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow across the Outkick Network. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow wrapping up what's been a uh, fast week. Getting to the college football and NFL weekend. Jim Harbaugh suspended for the rest of the regular season at Michigan. News coming down today. About, what, two hours ago, Davey? Uh, in regards to uh, what the Big Ten and Commissioner Tony Petiti handed down. Um, as soon as the wheels touch down, we see the statement released by, by, uh, by Michigan. And I, I, I think it's perfectly stated that... Oh, you want to talk about competitive advantage? Like, this is the definition of it, and the, the commissioner laid out this competitive advantage at the time that he did, which they, he waited until they were on their way to Pennsylvania to do this, and then also um, did it, and it's a competitive advantage for Penn State. Now, less than 24 hours before kickoff, they learned that at Michigan, their head coach isn't going to be allowed in the venue. We'll see what happens legally with this. J.J. McCarthy just tweets out one word, bet, at his response. David, do you think he's on the sideline tomorrow? J.J. McCarthy? No, no. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Jim Harbaugh, no. I don't either. I think they'll try to get it, get that injunction, and they might come close, but I think if they're smart, they just sit this one out. We'll see what happens. I, I do have a theory uh, real quick on the J.J. McCarthy okay. thing. I, I do think that's funny. Obviously, I know what he's getting at. It's slang for, all right, you're doubting us. We'll, we'll show you, which I love it when teams that are like the top teams in the country always find ways to think everyone's against This is a good example them. of one, but though. This, this is legit. This is one where the entire country is against you because yeah. your team obviously cheated. Right. Uh, I, I just kind of made the comment, though. It's like, well, now we're adding gambling on top of all the other programs going on at Michigan that's uh, not – not good signs for the program, and I say that in jest. But I do have a theory, and I wanted to get your take on this, Hut. So we discussed earlier about the timing of this situation where news came down once Michigan's already in the air. Do you think the television networks had anything to do with when we're going to, or at least getting in the ear of Tony Petiti and saying, hey, what if we wait just a little bit? And I say that because tomorrow if you get up at uh, noon Eastern, or sorry, before noon Eastern, but you're you're on Fox. You're watching Big Noon kickoff. Yeah. And that pregame show, they're in Happy Valley. Michigan versus Penn State is where they're at. That is going to be a raucous crowd. And that's one of those things to where we know what that entire conversation is going to be about for majority of the show. Yeah, but it would be anyway. Even if he's coaching, right? Or this, if, even if the suspension was announced prior to them taking off. Uh it would, but it's not it, like this story's been to where people have been have able to talk about it leading up to that. I, I mean, it's kind of a Friday news dump. Okay. It, 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 I, now, let me preface this by saying, I think it's because it's the it's a statement without making a statement. You're going to get on the flight, whatever. You've got your attorney, Tom Morris, saying one way or the other, he's going to be a part of the itinerary as we had to take on Penn State. What if it's because they knew 
that he would board the plane anyway. And optics, they wanted to suspend him while he's in route instead of him just, you know, middle finger in the air. Yeah, that's uh, that's as he a boards good, the plane. That's a good thought. Because it, 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 it's a massive story, but it's a, I mean, they're already tracking the flight. You know, they're showing him board the bus, and we've got uh, multiple reporters on site at the runway when they land. I'm just thinking, like, if you're looking for optics, yeah, well, would you it, wait to do it knowing that he's going to board anyway? And again, I think he's going to try to show up tomorrow I, because this whole thing has been a denial. But I, I'm with you. I mean, that makes sense to where if you're the Big Ten and you wait and you say, because if the, the idea is like, let's say they made the announcement an hour before they're supposed to get on the bus anyway. And then Harbaugh shows up, gets on the bus, gets on the plane. Gets off he the just, plane. He just looks like, oh, he doesn't care now, what anyone has to say. He's going to he defy can, them. By the way, he can do that. He just can't be at the venue on game day. So he, he, he gets to coach during practice. He can be at the team hotel on road trips. He just can't be at the stadium. So maybe they didn't care about that. But it was carefully worded to mention venue. I'm with you. That's a that's a good point to bring up. It, it at least it makes the Big Ten save a little bit of face at the moment to where it doesn't look well, like they have someone in complete opposition based off actions after a ruling has been handed down and by agree them. Agree or disagree with the actual ruling here with the suspension? Uh, I I actually give Tony Petiti and the conference credit here simply because they've done something that I mean it's it's gutsy no matter what they end up doing. The easy way out is to just not do anything yeah, and just let the NCAA figure it out. Which, but instead, the NCAA fed information about their investigation to the Big Ten and Tony Petiti to help them out. I can't think of an Which example. One, the, the one thing, real quick, David, that, that they we know that they confirmed was that there was no connection between Ryan Day's family mm-hmm. and the private investigation firm. That came from the NCAA to the Big Ten. Can so, you, I mean, it, again, like, it, that's an interesting connection that as we wait on the NCAA for who knows how long, they were at least trying to pick up the pace too because they knew Petiti would do it. Can you recall a time where a head coach has been suspended twice in the season for different violations? No. Nope. Nope. And one of them was – he's pissed about both of them. One of them, though, was by his university. And the other is – by the commissioner, not uh, it suspended twice, but neither of them are due to the NCAA. So in theory, he's suspended for half the season. 12 games, three of the first first three, and then the last three. As so of I, right I know a lot's going to be made of, oh, if they win on game day without Jim Harbaugh, what does that mean for Michigan? If they win on game day without Jim Harbaugh, what does that mean for James Franklin and Ryan Day? That's the next saga here. Because that, you want the, you want the uh, game day justice to play out on the field. And if they don't do that, given the circumstances, what's the reaction to those coaches? It's definitely going to be a different feel without your head coach there. No one's going to be able to, to argue that. But I, I still don't view it, I mean, as big of a situation. Well, he's coaching during the week. He's, yes. He's, the game plan is the game plan. I mean, like know, that's That's where it would he really hurt with him. Connor Stallions on game day. That's the other thing he can do. I got. I mean, he's he's going down with the ship. I'm I'm curious to see when he eventually turns. I don't know if he falls on hard times, but it's the, the evidence is just too damning 
for him to to be able to ever coach again unless some other. I, mean, I, mean, I don't think it is because he could just double down and say, prove I knew about it, which they haven't been able to do. It was no, just I'm saying a failure stallions. to – Oh, Stallions, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Stallions is gone. I thought you meant Harbaugh. No, no, he – I'm. He's getting up there in age to the point is I'm curious how much longer he wants to go. But he still seems to be in good shape. And I mean, his father, Jack, went for a long time. So I, as long as he wants to. And he can waltz back into the NFL. But I am kind of curious how the NFL views this punishment. Because they've, they've said it might not just necessarily be a cakewalk where he's just able to come right back into the league. Uh, no problems at all based but off I, that Pelissero and Rappaport But I think report. it's more about your band based on more details that came out that were just hypothetical for the NFL. A three-game suspension is not, I mean, in the regular season yeah. where he's coaching during the week, and, like, that's a, it's, and, and through, by the way, through the Big Ten, not the NCAA. So I don't, I, right now, I think there's no safe harbor uh, if things got crazy with the details. Right now, he could go coach for Las Vegas, and no one would bat an eye. That's my perception of it. Wrong team favored. Uh, last week, I, I was all in on Jacksonville State at South Carolina. I thought I had another win. You're close. I was. 28-28, fourth quarter. And South Carolina kicks a field goal. 31-28. Jacksonville State's driving. Two-minute warning right above the two-minute two mark, I should say. Timeout, Shane Beamer. Trying to save clock because he knows Jacksonville State's about to score. They come out of that timeout, and Jacksonville State throws a pick six. Ball game. And I just sent a text to Chad and Davey that said, Gamecocks. What was it? Turn on your TV now? Turn on the TV now. The Gamecocks are about to win this. And then there's the pick six. The Gamecocks did win this, by the way. Uh, Chad went with Colorado over Oregon State. That did not hit. And Davey, getting up the points here, man. I, I told you, man, it was going to be a boring game. You didn't want to watch it, but NC State managed to take a 20-6 to victory. It's not one of those where they, they're they clasping at the jaws of life to for Miami holding on there. There was not much of a game at all. But, yeah, trying to come back, Hud. I did uh, do the numbers and the current look at where we stand. You are 7-3 and three on the year, which is incredible. Chad... I think his goes without saying we've played 10 games and he's got zero points up there, so you can do the math on that one. And uh, I'm currently sitting at four and six. We're making a nice little run, though. And I'm loading up, by the way, going with uh, some points. I, I thought about playing it safe. I thought about Missouri. <laughs> Just playing it safe for a point. Uh, instead, I'm going big. 14 and a half. That's the line. As Georgia Tech visits Clemson. Georgia Tech has been putting up points, believe it or not. They've scored 91 points over the last two weeks. One of those games was against UNC. The other one was against Virginia. So I get it. Uh, one team that is, you know, at least uh, average, a little bit above average with a very solid quarterback. The other one, awful in Virginia. But I also don't – this is more about my faith in Clemson. Great performance last week, Davey, against Notre Dame. Very much. But this is the same team that lost back-to-back games earlier this season. And 
to what NC State and Miami. Miami, yeah, both the teams that I picked had my matchup last back to back weeks. That that version of Clemson isn't gone, and the the real bet is can Georgia Tech just hold Clemson to twenty seven or less? Because again, looking at the the numbers and how they've played recently. They have been consistent offensively. They have scored at least 20 points in every game. And you look at what Clemson's done, and it's very up and down. And I just don't think that they ride momentum because they haven't been able to all season. I'm taking the upset. Georgia Tech beats Clemson. And it was only one week of the stress level and the pressure and the critics talking about Dabo and the Tigers mm-hmm. because it comes back next week. No, I'm with you. I think that's a good pick. Uh, Dabo, to my knowledge, didn't plan a call this weekend for him to go on a rant yeah. about, so they're, they're not going to have that to right. use his motivation. So you've, you've actually found yourself in a good spot, and them winning against uh, North, or, sorry, Notre Dame last week puts that line in a much better spot for you, too, I where you so. could get – I would say had Clemson lost last week, you might be looking at like a – Nine and a half, ten point line here. So you Chad, get four and a half on that. Uh, Chad is taking Colorado to win against Arizona. Uh, that would give him ten and a half points. He's buying the the buffs, and uh, in, in week eleven, where are you going this week? I I don't feel confident in Chad's, but I am going to be taking take the over in that game. By the way, the Chad's game. Yeah, I'm going to be taking Utah over Washington. Now I know that. Michael Penix and this Huskies team has been the best team in the Pac-12 so far this year, but they are going up against the best defense that they will face and they they have faced and will face for the entire season. That Utah Utes defense is something that Kyle Whittingham has made sure well, this is how we're going to win games. And I know they've been like a big that. team for you it travels. This, this year, Hut, as far as picking the Utes to get the upset. I think we finally see Washington get knocked off and the – it's the worst thing for the Pac-12 because they need Washington to win out. But I just think whenever I look at this conference, you're going to continue to see teams eat up on one another. I think USC might actually even come out and give Oregon a hell of a game. And that, that one's and like, I think, a 15-point line. for the Pac-12 in yep. their final year. But, I mean, everything that Caleb Williams – we're going to learn a lot about Caleb Williams this weekend. Moneymaker lock for me. Bucks, Titans, take the over 38-and-a-half, believe it or not. Both quarterbacks should be able to throw the ball – against these defenses, and the Titans haven't been able to stop the run. So I think Rashad White even adds to the point total here. I think we see points. And Will Levis and Baker Mayfield play well, and I think the Bucks win the game. Under in Jets Raiders, thir- under 38. Take the under to Iowa as well. Back at it on Monday. Join us at 3 o'clock for Hot Mike Without a Withrow across the Outkick Network.